0: Buenas tardes and welcome to From Where We Are, stories of news and culture through the lens of USC and Southern California. I'm Stefan Delaguardia coming to you live from Studio B in USC's Annenberg Media Center.
1: And I'm Justin Hio. It's February 9th. On today's show, California is lifting its mask mandate, but some counties have different plans. Sexual abuse survivors speak out against UCLA gynecologist And it's National Pizza Day, so prep your ovens for Super Bowl weekend. All that and more from where we are. But first, these news headlines. The Winter Olympics are happening now. Lindsay Jacob Ellis won U.S.'s first gold medal at the Beijing Olympics for snowboarding. She's the oldest American woman to do so. On the other side of the pond, Democratic
0: governors across the country are lifting mask bans for vaccinated people. New York, New Jersey, Oregon, Delaware, and Illinois are set to end mandates by late February and March. California will end its indoor mask requirement next week on February 15th. L.A. County is waiting on guidance from the CDC, which still supports mask wearing to prevent COVID
1: transmission. Now more on the situation going on in Canada. Canadian truckers shut down Ambassador Bridge. They were originally protesting vaccine mandates for drivers crossing the Canada-U.S. border, but this has morphed into broad anti-government complaints. The bridge is a key entry point into Canada. For businesses, the blockage risks the loss of $50 million a day. So, Stefan, those were some of today's top news headlines. Uh, Appreciate it.
0: Starting February 15th, California will lift its indoor mask mandate. While some counties will get a closer return to pre-pandemic life, others, including L.A. County, will stay masked up. Mm -hmm. Deishalyn Satcher has the story.
2: Local Orange County resident Guillermo Echidere shares his opinion on Governor Newsom's decision.
3: I don't necessarily agree with the lifting the mask mandate, Um, especially now working inside a COVID laboratory. uh, You from the past month or so, I've definitely seen the influx of rush to get samples and tests and to be able to get clarified, to be able to travel. Um, so there's currently right now a surplus and a surge of COVID going, so I necessarily don't agree with it.
2: This isn't the first time during the pandemic that mask mandates have been lifted, and many like Achidere are unsure of the decision.
3: Realistically, I feel that they should be lifted not necessarily on a schedule or on chronological orders, but more of a overall population of necessarily getting... Uh, the vaccine.
2: Following states like New York and New Jersey, many researchers see California's decision as a sign of progress. Dr. Klausner, a professor at USC Keck School of Medicine, agrees.
4: Right. So many places around the country um, have lifted or in the process of lifting their indoor mask mandates, and it makes a lot of sense. And uh, that's because we're in a very different context uh, where we were a year ago.
2: However, Dr. Klausner believes L.A. County has a long way to go.
4: I don't think L.A. County has um, really, you know, recognized that the shift that the rest of the country has in the uh, strategy for addressing COVID-19. So it appears that LA County is still focused on this idea that you need to reduce the spread of infection, even though we have a, you know, a, a very good number of people who are uh, vaccinated.
2: Dr. Klausner sees the disconnect as a chance to redefine the evolving nature of COVID-19.
4: Yeah, so what we're seeing is a transition from the pandemic or epidemic, you know, which was this, you know, large number of increased number of uh, hospitalizations and death to what we call an endemic phase. And in this endemic phase, the, the virus continues to persist. And I expect the virus will continue to persist like other human coronaviruses.
2: So how are USC students reacting to this decision? current PhD student Emily Stolkin is staying cautious. USC has a
5: lot of safety redundancies in place. So everyone's been vaccinated, everyone's been boosted, we wear masks, we get um, tested every week. Um, and so those are the things that I think make me feel safe. Um, the mask mandate in Greater Los Angeles doesn't necessarily, I think, influence influence how I feel um, because Even though the mask mandate hasn't been lifted, it's still not being enforced widely.
2: Just because masks are coming off in California doesn't mean they will completely be done away with in places like L.A. County. Now it's up to you. To mask or not to mask? That is the question. For Annenberg Media, I'm Daishalyn Zatcher.
1: The UC system has agreed to pay $234.6 million to more than 200 people who say they were sexually abused by UCLA gynecologist Dr. James Heaps. The agreement comes after victims claim decades of negligence by UCLA. Yesterday, two survivors and their attorneys spoke on the issue.
5: The case of sexual abuse from a doctor resulting in a nine-figure settlement at a Southern California university might sound familiar. USC's multi-million dollar class action lawsuit involving former campus gynecologist George Tyndall in 2021 is still ongoing. Now, UCLA gynecologist Dr. James Heaps is in the limelight. Kara Cagle was receiving treatment for a rare form of breast cancer when she said Heaps abused her.
4: I was completely dependent upon my doctors for their
5: wisdom and discernment in navigating my journey. Every year that UCLA did not act on the abuse resulted more victims. Kegel wishes UCLA had acted when she first spoke out. Eight years. That's how long I've been waiting for a response from UCLA about the horrific abuse inflicted upon me by one of their own doctors. John Manley is the attorney representing Kegel and other survivors who suffered because of UCLA's negligence.
6: If you enable systemic criminality against people that are in the most vulnerable place in their lives by a person they're told they can trust. And so if if anybody at UCLA acts like oh, this was just a big mistake, that's not what
5: happened. Survivor Julie Wallach has been waiting for over 20 years for her voice to be heard after
2: being referred to Dr. Heaps. I went to Dr. Heaps for an abnormal pap smear in um, the late 90s. I was getting ready to have my first child. I was, you know, terrified. And, um, And I went to see him and he sexually abused me. She knew what happened to
5: her was wrong and she wanted to do something about it.
2: And I was told that if I had a complaint to file, to go to the medical board. So I went to the medical board. I filed a handwritten complaint. It was late 90s, and I heard back. I got a business card, and, and basically, I was told you know, that nothing was going to be done about it. Their, their findings were no. And um, so I felt unheard, and I was also alone. I was totally
5: alone. Wallach felt she had lost to UCLA, but today she knows that is not true.
2: We are the empowered ones. The survivors are the empowered ones.
5: The allegations came from hundreds of women, all with their own traumatic stories. This Facebook Live event gave a voice to a handful of survivors from the decades of abuse from former UCLA gynecologist Dr. James Heaps. For Annenberg Media, I'm AC Schick.
0: I'm Stefan Delaguardia. We're
1: glad you're with us for From Where We Are. And I'm Justin Heo. It's eight minutes past the hour. Coming up, avoiding car crashes during Super Bowl weekend and a conversation with a food and sports journalist about National Pizza Day.
0: All right, Justin, pineapple on a pizza, yes or no?
1: Mm, no. Stay with us.
0: The Super Bowl is arguably the biggest sporting event in our country. With fans celebrating with recreational marijuana and alcohol, the dangers of impaired driving are on high alert. The last five Super Bowl weekends saw more than 2,000 DUI crashes, 800 serious injuries, and 50 fatalities. Mothers Against Drunk Driving, or MAD, has partnered with the Auto Club and law enforcement in LA to remind everyone to drive sober. Mendy Kong has more.
3: Our hometown team, Los Angeles Rams, is playing at SoFi this weekend. Fans are excited, but that doesn't make safe driving less necessary. Doug Shoup, Auto Club's representative, wants to make sure people remember to get home responsibly.
6: We know that they're very excited, but we want to remind them that if they don't plan ahead before, this celebration could turn into a tragedy.
3: California Highway Patrol Officer Chris Baldono says his team is taking maximum measures for safety. We're going
1: to be maximum deployment, uh, although it's known as MEP, maximum enforcement. Um, So, we're going to be utilizing all officers to make sure that everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing. You know, a good day is a quiet day.
3: This is especially important for people like Janelle Weinberg, who lost her daughter Ariel to a drunk driver in 2013. Weinberg expressed worries about the weekend and urged people to make
2: the right choice. They ended up crashing into a power pole, slamming into a building, coming to a stop where my daughter um, died instantly.
3: Dominic Johnson, Ariel's brother, said that drunk driving doesn't just affect one person. It can be a permanent scar.
6: All I can say is that you need to think
0: about your family, and then also, even in the subject, think about yourself, because you do have an effect on your loved ones. So imagine yourself not being there the next day, and then flip on the reverse, imagine you hurting somebody where they don't go home the next day. it's a big deal, you know. Um, it's not uh, a simple thing like you hurt someone, and you're not going to heal from this. You, you know, your bones heal and things like that, but
6: losing someone permanently and forever—that's that's a set in stone thing. So,
3: ultimately, M A A D Executive Director Georgina Alvarez wants to remind everyone to just cut costs by driving safe.
5: When you look in the long run, a, a DUI can cost you over $22,000, when a rideshare can simply cost you a few extra dollars. And so, you know, again, save a life. You know, we want to make sure that everyone comes home safely so that way we can continue other celebrations coming forward.
3: As the Super Bowl weekend nears, remember to make driving arrangements alongside your party plans. For Annenberg Media, I'm Mendy Kong.
1: All right, and we are joined by Ben Mezzaro, a food Ooh. and sports writer and author of the first LA's Pizzapedia. Welcome, Ben.
6: Thanks for having me.
1: So, Ben, obviously we're not in New York, we're not in Chicago. I want to know where does LA fit in terms of pizza culture?
6: Yeah, it's it's a good question. LA, LA's gotten a bad rap for a while for our pizza. But um, but I think at this point the real advantage we have is, like in a lot of things, uh, diversity. You can get basically any style of pizza here, mm. and and we're not really tethered to one specific version.
1: What's your favorite pizza joint here in L.A.? Whew, uh,
6: it, it depends. That's a big question. Yeah, There's a lot to choose <laughs> um, from, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess on the whole, I would probably say I like Hail Mary in Atwater Village. They do a sort of uh, sourdough, kind of lots of farmer's market ingredients, really cool, weird vegetable pizzas um, with a really fantastic crust.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Uh, Ben, so you know, folks usually like to compliment certain wines with certain foods. You know, for Mm -hmm. the Super Bowl this Sunday, is there a certain pizza that fits the mood or fits the matchup?
6: (laughs) That's a good question. Um, I guess with the Rams in it and with it being in LA, um, I might want to stick with one of our local favorites. Um, I really like Angelina Wine Company. They're putting out a whole bunch of cool natural wines in in the sort of uh, that like Lincoln Heights, Chinatown, downtown kind of nexus. Um, and they're doing some really cool, funky stuff.
0: Oh, that is excellent. Ben, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, Ben from Las, author of The Pizza Bible, Pizzapedia Volumes 1 and 2. Go check it out if you have not. Ben, thank you so much.
6: Thanks for having me.
0: And that's all we have time for on today's From Where We Are. This show is produced by Paulina Cherizova, Wilco Martinez-Cachero, and Meredith McCabe.
1: Paulina Cherizova is our technical operator, and Derek Renfro composed our theme music. We are also streaming live on KXSC. Follow KXSC at kxsc.org slash listen. And on YouTube at Annenberg Radio News.
0: Subscribe to From Where We Are on Apple Podcasts. And if you're looking for more news, be sure to download Annie, Annenberg's news app. And follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and
1: Instagram at Annenberg Media. I'm Stefan Delagordia. And I'm Justin Hio. From all of us at Annenberg Radio, wherever you are, we hope you'll join us again for From From Where Where We We Are.
0: Are. Happy Pizza Day, people!